0: Welcome to the Two Cent Dad Podcast, where we interview dads to discuss their journeys of intentional fatherhood while doing work they care about and living a life of purpose. I'm your
1: host, Mike Sudik. Um, and so I think that the people that I know that are most successful, that have lived the most balanced life, I don't like saying that word, but the most, you know, counterbalanced life, maybe, are the people that are really, really clear. Like They're crystal clear about what they're meant to be doing, what their purpose is in life, what their definition of success is, and they can spot an opportunity that is in line with that, most are not, and they can say no to everything else. Today, I have a fellow podcaster, Peter Awid,
0: who runs, or hosts, I should say, the Slow Hustle Podcast. Someone that shares a similar mission to the Two Cent Dad podcast in seeking to live life intentionally to avoid the hustle and bustle or just keeping up with the Joneses. So Peter has an interesting story, but he has a very similar mission and goals and so wanted to have him on. And he really shares from his heart and shares a lot of cool stuff. So listen up. So I think there's some overlap in our in our podcast like in terms of the the you know content and what we're what we're about which is like how do you have this balance between family business or other kind of purpose that you have and so the 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 genesis of this podcast for me was when I joined the family business which is a small um business that my my father started in 99 and started to take more of an ownership role and started to started a family about the same time so i was kind of trying to balance this like hey i actually care about this you know business but i really care about my family and you know you see everything around you is all talking about business and they're talking about how to be successful in business but they're not talking about family and you dig a little deeper and you find that you know people that are successful usually sacrifice their family on the altar success and yeah. so that I'm like, I don't want to do that. You know, I don't want to do that. And, and, and so then I started to dig a little bit more and I couldn't find any content around, you know, this topic. And, and it's funny because Mark Hemian, who I interviewed, I had seen a post about, you know, his, something about his family or something and I interviewed him and then I saw him on your podcast and I was like, Whoa, this is really cool. And so then I, I was like, Oh, what's this little hustle about? And so I started do a little bit digging in there. So, I love that's what you're cool. doing, man. That's why I wanted to have you on the podcast because I, you know, I appreciate it. So,
1: yeah, thanks for having me. How do you know Hemian? I, I don't know Hemian
0: really. I, I just found okay. him like online, and so he seemed like okay. a cool guy. I think I started following him because I was doing some research on some design stuff. So we're trying. My company's trying to ship a SaaS app, so we're a services business, and so we're trying to learn all about that. I think that's how I stumbled across him, and actually used Design Inc, his company, to to find a Good. designer, which was really cool. So he's a great Good. guy.
1: He's an awesome dude. And where are you you sitting, man? Where are you at? So we're in Michigan, Grand Rapids, so the west coast of Michigan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. So I got co-founder at one of my companies in Lansing. Okay. Um, Do a lot of business with a company in Detroit. And then we have um, some virtual assistants in Muskegon uh, on the east side of the state or the west side of the state. So um, So
0: we're about 35 minutes from Muskegon. Okay. Funny, dude. Grand Rapids, yeah. So
1: yeah, we actually okay. got,
0: we got there quite a bit in the summer to go out to the lake. So, which is right. Out okay. Yeah. Muskegon's right on the lake. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. Okay. Cool. And how many kids? So I have three,
0: I have a nine month old now, four year old and a okay. six year old. So nine month old girl, yeah. four year old girl, six year old boy, boy, girl, girl. Okay.
1: All right. So what about so I'm you? I'm um, nine, seven, five, two, uh, girl, boy, girl, boy. Okay.
0: So tell me about your background, Peter, and, um, you know, the companies that you started, how you got to where you're at today.
1: Yeah, man. So long story short is um, <clears throat> I'm full-blooded Egyptian guy, you don't meet too many of these these days. Um, <laughs> and so my parents had, the you know, just the, your typical immigrant story, right? So come to the States, 500 bucks, clothing on their back, that whole thing. Working, you know, my dad was working 20-hour days for a long time, saved up some cash, moved to Florida, and started a grocery store, because um, that's what brown people in Florida do. Um, if you're, if you have, you know, Arab descent or you're Indian, you start a grocery store and it's because it's like incredibly hard work, man. The, the hours are grueling. Right. And so, <coughs> excuse me, I grew up in that environment and at age seven, asked my parents if I could work there. So getting paid $5 a day and I loved it. Like I loved everything about it. I loved learning about, you know, the process of buying product and selling it. The relationship component of like meeting people and um, really identifying with folks that maybe you would think that a seven-year-old or 10-year-old or 12-year-old, because I worked here for a long time, could identify with these people. Um, and then wearing all the hats, right? So I'm like making sandwiches. I'm selling beer when I shouldn't be. I'm selling cigarettes. I'm socking the cooler. I'm up on the floor. I'm, try. I'm doing everything, right? Mm-hmm. And so really, really learning that. And I just loved it. And so I think there's like – there, there's definitely – you know there's nature versus nurture. I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like I had a natural just interest in business. I, l- I just loved everything about it. Um, and so I grew up in that environment. Um, fast forward, went to school for engineering I Was going to school. You what know, kind of engineering computer mechanical. Me- I was mechanical. mechanical
0: engineering major too.
1: Where are you? Cool, okay, man. cool. Yeah. Cool. I knew I liked you for a reason. <laughs> um, and, um, and so, you know, I go to school for that and you know, how it is, you know, you're going to school 40, 50, 60 hours a week. I'm also working an internship about 20 hours a week. I did a couple of those during my, um, tenure at school. And then, uh, I started a company in my spare time, which I always joke about cause it, there was no spare time. <laughs> um, so started the first company, which I still own. It's e uh, e-commerce business. Started that in 2001. Um, so I'm dating myself now. And, um, and I was running that from like you know midnight to four in the morning, and so I'd come home after all these different things that I was working on, and i I started that company, and so I um, just always had an interest in that. And and, and was that you from know,
0: your parents? I mean, that like you saw that modeled, right? You saw the hard work. You you said it's nature nurture, but I mean, at the end of the day, you, the example was set for you that you work hard. You know, there's not there's not spare time in the sense that there's not downtime, right? Like you're saying, this is this is what you do. Would you agree with that or?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that, you know, it'll, it will, you know, translate into many different ways. Like, so my siblings are not entrepreneurs necessarily. Um, although my sister just started her own optometry practice. So maybe she is an opt- entrepreneur now that was really recent. Um, but we all have this all similar basis, which is just, we, we're hard workers, man. So my brother's an industrial engineer. My, my sister is an optometrist. I mean, we all, we know how to work hard. And so I think that we learn that at the business and then it's, we've, it's translated into, into different um, activities. But yeah, I mean, at the basis for sure. And when you see, when you grow up in that environment and you see just kind of what it takes, I think that takes hold in your life. You're like, oh, so this is just what people do. You just work really freaking hard mm-hmm. and you, you try to get what you want to get. And sometimes that happens and sometimes it doesn't, but you just pick yourself up and you keep moving. And so um, it's interesting, you know, that I don't think the term even existed then, but I saw my parents pivot quite a few times, you know, they're like, oh, um, grocery sales are down. Let's add uh, live bait. Oh, uh, uh, you know, grocery store, grocery sales, beer sales are down. Let's add movie rentals. Oh, this is down. Let's add. Prof-. I mean, it's the constant like iterating because they just mm-hmm. and it wasn't I don't think out of necessarily like a huge amount of insight. It was more so like out of necessity and um, out of that necessity growth. And there's a lot of there's a lot of growth and creativity that happens there, I think, Um And so, you know, fast forward again, um, I'm I'm married. I have four small kids, ages two to nine, um, two boys, two girls. And through a lot of ups and downs, I mean, like being in the automotive business during the recession um, is not a good place to be, um, Mm. especially when it's in um, like the frills of it, which is, uh, you know, automotive accessories, like that's what people are going to cut on spending first. And so I got to ride that down and ride it back up. And I learned a lot about myself. Um, I learned... Um, how I identified success. I learned about how my identity was tied to, uh, you know, finances. And it was, was, that's the way that I measured my success. Um, And I also learned that I could not um, carry that home. I couldn't allow my family to ride that roller coaster with me because they didn't necessarily sign up for that. Right. Um, And the biggest thing for me, Mike, is that, you know, I, I would get home and I would be carrying that burden from work. And I would realize that I was uh, l- hearing them, right, but not listening or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I, th- they were there and they were talking to me and I was nodding my head, but I wasn't soaking any of it in because I was still like, you know, figuratively sitting at my desk. I was yeah. still thinking about that last phone call or that last email. And it dawned on me, man, I'm like, I can't, I can't do this to my family. Like I can't live this life. And starting to think like, I'm not going to change the fact that I'm an entrepreneur. Like it's it's in my blood, it's in my DNA, as we talked about. Um, but how can I live life a little differently? And how can I live the life that I tell people I'm living, which is family first? And you hear people talk about that all the time, right? Like good old Gary V. Right, he talks about <laughs> how his family's not how his family's number one, but then he also you know says, and I share this all the time, that he works from sun up to sundown. He works from 5 a.m. to midnight every day. And I don't think those things can I mean, they are mutually exclusive. There's no way that you can work like that and say your family's first. This is not going to happen. And there's a really great quote from a friend of mine, a Moody. He said, what's the point of being a public success and a private failure? And I didn't want to be private failure. I mean, I've interviewed plenty of folks that have gone through divorce on the show. And it's like, you know, I I don't I don't want to go down that path.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's. I think so many people are buying into that that Gary V narrative, which is like not not so much just that you have to work hard and that you can be a success, but that you can do it all. I mean, it's like that you or maybe you're thinking, "Hey, I can do this all. It's gonna take a little bit of work. You know, I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna hustle. You know, in the in the wee hours of the night or something." But at the end of the day, if you're you're gonna be mentally thinking about it, you're gonna be tying all of your identity that success. You're gonna you're gonna really prioritize all of that hustle, you know, is the, is the, is the tagline. Um, and that's, that's a, it's a sexy narrative to buy into. And I think that that is, that's horrible <laughs> yeah, more or less, you know? Um, so how do you, I'm interested because you have a podcast, the slow hustle podcast, like what, what are some of those nuggets that you've pulled out that you, that the people you've interviewed have said, Hey, I wish I would have known this prior specifically maybe for people that have a family. Um, and how, what are the things that they're doing that is helping them slow down? You know, how do you get yeah. to that point, especially if you have built habits up that have, have made it so that you're so wrapped up in what you're doing?
1: Yeah, I think it's all about habit, man. And it's about like fencing off the time that's most critical to you. And they, and they apply to business and they apply to personal life, right? And so, you know, I want to be super clear that I love the grind. I love it. Like, I love mm-hmm. business. Um, you know, I I, I wanna I, I wanna create things until I'm no longer living. You know, um, but at the same time, that's not the that's not the only legacy I want to leave, right? I don't want to be this guy that people talk about and they're like, man, did that guy know how to grind? Like, I don't want them to be the I don't want that to be the first thing that they think about. I also didn't start a business so that I can grind until I die, right? That's the way we live. We all live life quite a bit. And, um, it reminds me of a, of a guest that I had on the show who was flying about 250 to 300,000 miles a year. He invested in about 1700 companies. And then one day he came home and his wife was gone. Like, I don't want that to happen to me either. Right. None of us do. And so, um, and so, you know, to answer your question, man, there's been so many lessons. Uh, but for me, I think what's been the main takeaway is that you've got to create these habits where you are militant about how you spend your time. Mm-hmm. And not being like super willy nilly about how you do it. And the caveat there, I think, is that, you know, you, when you start your, and I'm writing a talk about this right now for our church for next week, it's, and it's just about, about, you know, finding your purpose. And I think that you start off saying yes to everything and you kind of have to, like you, you have to, cause you don't know what it is that really fires you up. You don't necessarily know for sure what your purpose is. And so you start saying yes to everything. The problem, the trap is that we continue to do that, Right. We continue to say yes to everything. We continue to be that guy or gal that's like their answer to how you're doing is always busy, grinding, crushing, whatever your response is, um, and not having any margin for life, not having any space for family or any of that stuff. And so I think that when you go from that to, well, you know, Derek Sivers talks about, which is an awesome blogger, if you haven't heard from him, um, listener or, or Mike, you want to look him up, but um, he talks about saying hell yes or no, right? Like, Right. And so when, when an opportunity presents itself to you, your natural response needs to be a hell yes if you're going to say yes to it. You need to be super excited about it. And then if you're going to say, if you felt that first response, if it lines with your purpose and your passions and your definition of success, then and only then do you say yes. Otherwise, you say no to all the other golden opportunities, right, in air quotes. Um, and so I think that the people that I know that are most successful, that have lived the most balanced life, I don't like saying that word, but the most, you know, counterbalanced life maybe are the people that are really, really clear. Like they're crystal clear about what they're meant to be doing, what their purpose is in life, what their definition of success is. And they can spot an opportunity that is in line with that, most are not. And they can say no to everything else. Um, And so when you pair that to an an incredible, you know, uh, uh, scheduling habit, which we can talk about, um, I think that's where you find the opportunity to not only be your best self business wise, which, cause we all want to, we all want to do that, but to also more importantly, be the best, you know, husband uh, and father um, and, 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 and friend.
0: I agree. Why, why do you say uh, you caught yourself when you said balanced life? Because I had David cancel who's, he runs a company out in Boston. He said, there's no such thing. There's like, you, you either are on, on your business or you're on in your family and it's always skewed one or the other. And so unpack a little bit what you were saying, why you didn't want to say
1: balance life. Because it doesn't exist. I agree, man. There is no balance, right? And if you're there, you're there like for just a blink of an eye and then it's off to one side of the pendulum or the other. And so, um, you know, there's a book and I quote it and almost every time I talk to someone is the one thing and he, he says it better. All right. He says that there are counterbalances, right? And so I'll give you like kind of a more practical example. It's like, man, when I I've become very in tune to when I'm uh, like, I am approaching burnout. I've been saying maybe yes to too many things or I, you know, even if they're in line with your definition of success and purpose, you have packed too many in, right? So maybe it's an interview day or there's just too many interviews or I've just got way too much stuff on my calendar, right? Which is incredible because you typically operate your own calendar. And so you're the idiot that put it on the calendar, (laughs) which I find fascinating because I continue to do that, right? And so you're like, who's putting this crap on my calendar? Oh, wait, it's me. Um, and so um, so I, I've been able to identify when I'm a- approaching that, right? And there are certain things for me, right? So I start to get stressed. I start to feel like everything's gloom and doom when it's not. Most of the time, life's pretty rad. Um, I start to just feel down on life. And I'm like, oh, this is what Peter feels like when he's approaching burnout, and then I have got my counterbalances, right? Counterbalance may be like clearing the schedule for the rest of the week. Like, you know, let's let's reschedule all this crap that's on here. I'm going to clear a bunch of stuff off. I'm going to have a beach day with the family. Or I'm going to do certain things that I know that I've identified and I'm very clear about that recharge me. So um, no balance, just counterbalances, right? Or if I'm feeling like I'm not making enough progress on certain things, I know there are certain activities, whether they're phone calls I need to make or emails I need to send that allow more progress to be made. And then I feel fulfilled on the business side. Like, okay, I'm back on track. I'm making progress again. I'm feeling good. And so those I, it's not balance. It's all about counterbalance in my opinion. Yeah.
0: No, I, I, I think you're right. I think you you're you're preaching to the choir a little bit. You know, I feel the same way. It's like you I'm learning that even more, just like how to get in tune with when you feel burnout because I kind of get energized when you have a lot going on. You know, I think a lot of entrepreneurs are too, a lot of like type A type people. It's like, you want to load it on. You want to say yes, even though you might think that's, that's not the wisest thing. You like having a lot of activity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's only then when you, when you have so much that you get burnt out that you have to take a step back and say, okay, either there's two, two ways I can go about this. I can clear the schedule for the rest of the week, or I could continue on this path and I know how it ends. I get extremely stressed and, and, snapping my wife and yell at the kids. And then you create all this longer lasting, you know, negative legacy, which is not good. So yes, I'm with you. I think that's a huge thing. I think recognizing that is, is huge. I think that's a good tip. Yeah. Um. So tell me a little bit about um, your transition from, you know, you were, you said you were working in the auto industry, and then, then you made a shift to be more self employed, even though you It sounds like you already had businesses going, you know, side hustles, if you will. Tell me about the conversations you had with your wife um, around that time and, you know, saying, hey, I'm going to go full time on this or, you know, was that a discussion? Was that an interesting discussion? Was that pretty easy or... Tell
1: me about. Yeah. That. So, so to clarify, so that, that automotive business was, is, you know, my e-commerce company. And so I have not taken a job since we graduated, since I graduated college. And okay. so I've been, been self-employed the whole time, but the difficult decisions and conversations would have been around that recession time where it's like, Hey, um, I don't want this business to go under. If I continue to pay myself, it's going to go, we're going to bankrupt the company. Right. And so we are going to live off of savings for a year. That was a tough discussion. Yeah. that was like, Hey, guess what? I think that year I paid myself nine grand. Right. So I could have made more money working at subway or something, but I, you know, I, I needed to do that. Right. And so, um, you know, and I don't know if this leads into the follow up, which is like, you know, w- how do you manage like those conversations and navigate those conversations, um, and receive that support, that moral support from your, from your spouse. Um, but you know, w- I think it's, it's it was, critically important in that time. And it's interesting because those tough decisions have paid dividends, right? A company that at the point, it was at the point like the near the brink of failure has come back and it's healthier than it's ever been. We're going to have probably the biggest year we've ever had, which is in, in this year, 2017. Um, and through, it was through those tough discussions and it was, it was not only my wife, but through mentors that I talked to and they looked at things and like, Hey, you know, you're a few t- tweaks away from some massive success. You got to just figure out how to weather the storm. Um, and so I think that was one of the, probably one of the biggest lessons in business. And since then, you know, we've had multiple successes and and incredible amount of failures along the way. Um, but we found ourselves in a good place here. Yeah, that's great. Um, so tell me a little bit about how
0: things that you're doing with your kids, um, you know, it sounds like your upbringing was very entrepreneurial, but you also said that, you know, your siblings went other ways, but you were, it was clearly modeled like the hard work ethic, right? So now you have this slow hustle thing. Um, you guys, I think we're traveling around in an RV for a little while. Um, what are some recording attention-
1: re- recording from the RV right now, actually? Oh,
0: that's awesome. Very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even recognize it, you know, based on your background there. <laughs> Uh, tell, tell me a little bit about those things that you're doing that, that you're trying to instill in your kids and how you're doing that. Um, you know, are you guys like homeschooling? Are you guys doing intentional things, teaching them about business? Are you, you know, tell me a little bit about your philosophy and raising your kids.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so I'm, I'm originally from Florida. My wife's from Iowa. Before we had our first kid, we decided to move to the Midwest, right? Florida boy in Iowa doesn't do very well in like February. Right. And so we started, we started doing some February travels. Um, Fast forward several years. We spent 10 months on the road a year ago um, and just trying to immerse ourselves in different places. And it was, there was a number of reasons there, but the the component there for the kids that was most important to me was I wanted them to feel comfortable in the uncomfortable. And so what I mean is I want them to know what to do when they're the new kid on the block over and over and over again. I want them to know how to like insert themselves in conversations and to be part of the group, right? To have new conversations over and over and over again. Um, because I feel like that's one of the most invaluable skills, right? Because you can use that in business. You can use it in sales. You can use it pretty much everywhere. If you're just trying to make friends, you learn how to make friends. And so our kids now can go to the park. And by the time we we leave an hour later, this happens almost every time they've made new friends. Happens yeah. over and over and over again. I was not that kid, man. Like we we didn't travel Um, the kids, the family worked a lot and I learned how to like communicate and deal with customers. But you put me in a situation where I was without my bed and my own toothbrush and I didn't know what to do. Right. I I didn't know how to navigate that. I was very uncomfortable. I could be very awkward, very introverted in that regard. And so I didn't want I didn't want that for them. I wanted them to be able to like just navigate and be able to be free because I think in the new experiences where you learn so much, man, you learn so much about yourself. You learn so much about what you like, what you don't like when you're, in these new environments around different people around, you know, in different circumstances, it's incredible. And to watch that happen with them is just fascinating. And you asked about homeschooling. Yes, we, we, I mean, we currently homeschool ask me in five years, how we're doing with that. Right. Cause <laughs> we only have two out of the four that are really like schooling, schooling. Um, but so far it's working for us, man, cause it gives us the flexibility to travel around, um, and to do the things that I just talked about. Um, but furthermore, I, I, and this definitely does not work for everybody. I'm I'm super fortunate and grateful that I've got a wife that feels like she was meant to be home teaching the kids and being with them. And she's much more patient than I am. But, Amen. Have, I have, I have, I
0: have right? an amazing wife, too, that I feel the same way about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So, I mean, otherwise, I mean, I definitely am not of the of the school of thought where I feel like it's one size fits all. I think there are definitely people out there that their kids are more much better suited to have parents at work and be in school. Right. Um, I think if I was home with the kids all day, I think I would do OK. Um, but some people would not be happy. Right. Um, and because I don't have that same size patience tank as my wife does. But I feel like if you have the opportunity, it's almost um, hypocritical of me to not give them the flexibility that I want for myself. I mean, I have a business because of why? Because I want to do what I want, when I want, how I want, with who I want. And for them to be have the flexibility to learn what they want to learn, to focus on what they want to learn. I mean, my, my sons, my two-year-old and my Seven-year-old are taking skateboarding lessons by pro skateboarder. My daughter um, has been writing songs and plays the uke, and she's self-taught. I mean, they're learning incredible stuff that they just wouldn't have the time or opportunity to learn in school necessarily um, for the most part. And so um, these are just the things, man. I feel like I don't know that it's world schooling, but I do like the idea of them being exposed to a multitude of things. And the thing that I always like to tell people is that I remember when I was interviewing for internships in college, and I had this resume, and it was all about – what I was learning and the classes I was taking and it's engineering related stuff because these engineering positions. But I also had just recently started my company. I had four interviews in the same day. It was all at Siemens Westinghouse power generation in, in Florida. Not a single person asked me about my schooling. They were all super curious about the business. Why? Because it's something that I was doing, right? It's not theory. It wasn't like, hey, these are things that I'd like to do. It's what I'm doing, which people want to know what you're doing. They want to see your portfolio, quote, unquote. But it's also out of the ordinary, right? And so I feel like I'd rather the kids be able to have these experiences to lean on, stuff that they've done versus just theory. I, I think that's really powerful. I think you're, the exposure
0: factor, really. I mean, it's like exposure to new people, exposure to new things. That's that's huge. No, I think that's really cool. What do you – so that's a – that's built into the lifestyle that you guys are, are doing, which is some of the travel and that sort of thing. It's a natural outflow of that. What are some of the habits that you guys have as a family or, or just you and in your role as a father with, with your kids, one-on-one that you do, that you feel like is uh, a positive habit, obviously. I mean, you probably all have bad habits. (laughs) Oh yeah. That, that is a regular thing. You, I mean, you spoke about habits, you know, earlier. What, what is a, a habit that you do as a parent that you feel like is, is really successful?
1: Yeah, yeah. One of the things that I do—I'm not successful all the time, but more often than not—is um, having sh- scheduled one-on-one time, and um, it's a big deal for me because we have so many kids, um, and um, more than more than most, I guess you would say, there are people with plenty more. Um, and uh, one of the things I didn't want to lose—I didn't want to lose like, an intimate connection with with them. You know, we're so frequently together. Um, you know, because we're homeschooled. I mean, the family is just like really, really. Tight family, you know, mm-hmm. um, but we're also in our space quite a bit, and it's fun to see them untethered, right, or unrestricted by their siblings, especially the younger ones. And so, um, younger ones from the older ones. And so, I try to have scheduled one on one time, and it's scheduled Friday from noon to one. And it may be that, you know, I take one of the kids and we go to a restaurant that maybe we wouldn't be able to eat with um, either because of cost or just because they, you know, you couldn't have four kids in a nice restaurant. I may take them to do that, we make it for a walk. Uh, we went for we actually went for a run yesterday, even though it's not Friday. Um, but doing stuff like that, where we can have that one-on-one, and I get to know them more as a human being, right? Without being, yeah. you know, without them being hamstrung by by the other children, and just talking to them about what's going on in their life, and what's working and what's not, and what their concerns are, and the stuff that crops up from those conversations is really um, awesome. It's magical, man. It's invaluable. And so, um, those are one of the things that I try to do. It doesn't, it doesn't work every Friday, but. I like to take one of the ones because they call it selfie time. That's something they got <laughs> from their from their aunt, which I hate the word selfie, period. So I'm trying to rename <laughs> it something else. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, this is one of the things. And, you know, habits are something that I harp on because, you know, people can complain, including myself. We can complain about things that aren't working in life but not do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could write them down. And so... You know, one of the things I like to do, and I did it at the beginning of this year, and I review it every single morning, is I have, like, goals. And one of them is to deepen my relationship with my family. And so one of the steps was to schedule this one-on-one time. One of the things was to have the habit of uh, or the schedule of a babysitter, a regular babysitter. And my wife and I would like to do day dates because we like to feel like we're still alive when the sun's out, right? Hmm. So we'll do an afternoon. Um, Maybe it's just two or three hours where we go do something fun, you know. And it may just be sitting at the beach. It may just be going for a walk. And maybe grabbing some to-go food and just like walking and eating, right? Um, The other day, it was our anniversary. And so I rented a Surpriser with a jet ski. We hopped on a jet ski for an hour, right? Um, Just some weird stuff that you would never be able to do with a bunch of kids. Right. Um, And so I say all that to say, I mean, you know, you can complain about not having the things that you want. Or you can try to get on some path some regular schedule. It doesn't have to be expensive at all in order to have the things that you want. Right. And this is all relationship based, but you can do the same exact thing for business. You can do the same thing for your spiritual life. You can do the same thing for, you know, relationship with your friends. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Um, but like having those habits, um, they, they go a really, really long way. And Friday afternoons for us, you know, is, um, I, to me is kind of irreplaceable.
0: No, it's great. I think that's that's huge. It, it's really it, what you're saying is kind of baby steps too. You know, you're saying, hey, have a goal and then say, what's one small thing you can do? I mean, you're saying having one-on-one time with your kids isn't really that big of a commitment, it, but it adds up over time, right? You're saying, okay, this is like compound interest. You're like, I'm going to I'm gonna do this small, small little thing, and then that might lead into other things, which I think is really cool. Yes. I, I heard someone say one time, um, you know, when they talk about specifically with your spouse, like face time versus shoulder to the shoulder time. And it's like, you know, you have a lot of shoulder-to-shoulder time where you're just going through the grind of, you know, making sure the kids are fed and doing what you got to do, but th- just prioritizing the face time. And I thought that was a good way to think
1: about it, you know, face-to-face versus shoulder-to-shoulder, you know. Somebody um, somebody said recently, this was last Sunday, um, hit me hard. Uh, he said, are you going through life with your spouse just running side-by-side side, like you're on parallel roads, Right or do you actually know what's going on in their life? And he was talking about how his wife looked at him one day and she was crying and she's like, you have no idea what's going on in my life. And I think as as spouses with children, you just like you're really just kind of caught up in the stuff that you need to get done. Right. And you're doing life side by side, like shoulder to shoulder. I like that, like you said. Um, but do you really know what's going on in their life? Have you yeah. stopped to say, hey, what's 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 tough with you? Like what's what's going right? What's not working? How can I help you? you know, maybe you don't need to help at all. Maybe you just need to listen. Um, so I like that, man. I think face to face is, uh, it's just so critically important, man. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, thanks for your time, Peter. I won't keep you any longer, but any, any, uh, words of wisdom or two cents as you say, uh, you know, as we go.
1: Yeah. I think that, um, something I've been harping on all year so far is, uh, just pay attention. I mean, so many of us are going through life with our eyes closed And we're complaining about things and we're frustrated with things and we're just not we're not doing anything about them. Like we're not truly paying attention to what's working and what's not. And so if you sit down and even if it's like for 15 minutes with a blank sheet of paper and a pen and just like brain dump about like what's going on, what's working and what's not working and categorize them in the categories of your life. Right. Marriage, spiritual, parenting, everything. Yeah, and then try try to get more of what's working, and try to get rid of at you know to the highest extent that you can of what's not working. Like just really truly pay attention to what's to what's going on in your life and do something about it. Yeah, great wise words. Thank you so much, Peter. You can find Peter
0: uh, Slow Hustle podcast. I will link all this up in the show notes, so you'll have access to all things Peter. <laughs> so thank you so <laughs> much. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it and thanks for listening to the show. You can find out more about us and sign up to receive updates at twocentdad.com. If you liked what you heard or just want to say hi, you can shoot me an email at mike at 2centdad.com. Please leave a review on iTunes if you like the show. It helps us to get the word out to the most people possible, and the show is made possible through the support of BC Group International, building software teams
1: since 1999.